hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. God told Moses, when Moses was on the backside of the desert, Moses was minding his own business. Moses had been in Egypt for 40 years, on the backside of the desert for 40 years, running from the Egyptians. Moses is over here, and he's kind of taking care of all the, the herd the, 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 that he had been assigned to. And all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to him through a burning bush. You know this story, and I'm gonna probably build on this over the next three or four weeks through the rest of the summer, probably, on this, because I feel like I need to take us somewhere in preparation for the fall um, as we go into college football season. And um, High State's gonna win it again this year. Number, um, I know I got some West Virginia fans here. God tells Moses on the backside of the desert, here's what he says. He says, listen, I have the ch my children, I've heard the cries of my people over on the backside. They're in Egypt, I've heard their cries. They're in oppression, they're in bondage. They're crying out and afflicted because they know in their heart there's life that's better than what they've been living, but they've not accomplished it. They're just, they're, they're just confined to this place that doesn't allow them to be who they're supposed to be. And they've been crying out to me for 400 years, and, and now, Moses, I've, I've, just, I've designated you as the guy to come and go back over there to Egypt, and I want you to lead them on a charge to come out, it says come up and out of a place because they're down and in a pit. Bring them up and out. Bring them to a place through the wilderness into a land where I wanna take them that flows, it says, with milk and honey that is a beautiful place where freedom, opportunity, creative abilities, anything that they want, they can dream, they can, they can, as far as they can see, they can have, and I want them to be free over there, free to worship me and free to live life. But Moses, you're the guy that's gonna do this. Moses looks at God and he says, man, you know, God, you know, I appreciate the offer, but the reality is I'm probably not your guy. I killed a man over there in case you didn't know. I've been on the run for 40 years and I don't speak well, I stutter when I talk. Um, I don't really have the confidence in myself and I appreciate the, the vote of confidence you have in me, oh Lord, but probably be better off getting somebody else. And the Lord said, good idea Moses, I just wanted to give you the first opportunity and we'll probably work, we'll come back to you a little later maybe and we'll get somebody else to do it. That's not what he said. He said, Moses, you're the guy. Moses says, but Lord, you, you don't really, I don't know that you're making myself real clear that you, you're getting a person that's not qualified. And God said, Moses, I'm so confident in myself, I'll take the most unqualified because it won't be you doing it anyway. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. I'm the one that's gonna do this. I just need a body in the earth that I can embody and come in and I'll do the work, but I need your feet, your legs, your hands, your mouth, and your willingness. Moses then says, okay, but how am I gonna tell him? And who do I tell him sent me? They're not gonna believe me. And he said, just tell him that I am, that I am sent you. So here's what happened. Moses stops for the moment and he gets ready to go and he looks and he says, well God, I really kinda need a sign. Tell me something that I need to know. And Moses, and God looks back at Moses, he says, Moses, you know this mountain that you're on right now where that bush is burning? And Moses says, yeah, I see the bush. Did the bush consume? No. Did you hear my voice through the bush? I did. So you had an encounter with me on this mountain, right? 
you're going to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, and then three-day journey, you're going to bring them back up here on this mountain, all of them, and you're going to lead them in worship at the very place that I spoke to you. In other words, what he's saying is, Moses, I've called you, and I've touched your life, and I touch you in a place that now I'm going to commission you to go forward in life, and I'm going to give you a moment of remembrance that says this, I'm going to bring you back around to where you once were, but this time it'll be after the process, and it'll be a confirmation to you that I have your back and I'm in your life, and the thing that I started, I will finish. Moses, do you know that road, that street that you drove through for 20 years and you never even worried, knew that building was even there? Moses, I'll have you working at that place and you won't even remember it was there. You know that house that you drove by and you drove by it for 15 years and you barely even saw it when you drove by it and now you own that house? I spoke to you back when you were driving by that house. Back when you were beginning the process of life, I spoke to you, I called you, I anointed you, I graced you. I've given you all that you need to be successful in life. And I wanna bring you back around on the journey after two years, three years, five years, 10 years, and I wanna bring you back around and you're gonna to come to a place and you're gonna have a memory jar and it's gonna jar your thoughts to remember and says, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm worshiping on top of a mountain where I had that encounter with you. I'm gonna give you moments of memory that would jar your memory for you to remember I called you in the beginning. So you don't forget that what I started, it'll be me that finishes. So you don't just fall off in the process. So you don't just quit because things get hard. You don't just turn around and run the other direction because people are against you. No, I'm going to show you, Moses, how this works. Now, all I need you to do is remember, do you remember, just remember this moment. Remember when we had the encounter on the hill, on the mountain. Remember how I talked to you. Remember how you felt when we had that moment. Do you remember the day I saved you, Moses? Do you remember the day that you got filled with the baptism of the Spirit and that joy that was unspeakable and full of glory? Do you remember that day? Remember that day. That day right there. I'm going to give you moments in life to bring you to that place again so the joy of your salvation will never be lost. And if you go weeks and months and years without ever experiencing the joy of that salvation, Moses, maybe it's a good time to come back to the mountain. And remember how it was when I talked to you face to face. See, sometimes we need that moment. See, what's going to happen in the future, days and weeks ahead, all you got to do is look around you, is life is going to accelerate so quickly. Moments are going to happen so fast. Your kids are going to grow. Your grandkids are going to grow. Jobs are going to change. Investments are going to come. Opportunity is going to be there. Buildings are going to be built. Churches are going to be changed. People are going to come and go. People will pass away. All this stuff's going to happen. And unless you remember 
where you came from. And you remember the first day is just as joyous as it is today. You'll get cynical, jaded, and you'll miss everything the Lord has for your future. That's what he told Moses. Listen, I'm, I'm going to prophesy to you right now, Moses. You're going to bring him back here, right here, to the place that we had this encounter. Moses says, all right, I'm in. Moses goes, and I'm going to preach. I'm going to back up next three or four weeks, but i got to get to where I'm going today real fast. Moses brings these children of Israel, and you know the story, out of Egypt, Exodus chapter 2, 3, and 4, and I'm going to go over those over the next July and part of August. He brings them to the place. He goes and tells the officers and the elders of Israel, he says, I want to bring you, we're coming out. He goes to, to uh, Pharaoh, he says, listen, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no. Well, God already told him he wasn't going to let them go. But he also told him he wasn't going to bring them out empty. So when God spoke to Moses on that mountain, he said, Moses, not only do I want you to remember this encounter with me, I want you to know that it's not by you doing it, it's going to be me doing it. I just need your willingness. I don't care how qualified or unqualified you are, it's going to be me. I just need you to be willing to go. And Moses, when you go, I want you to bring them right back here so the same encounter I had with you, they can have with me. So the joy and the, and, and the awe and the, the awareness of how supernatural I really am, you have right now, I need them to have the same thing that you're experiencing. But here's the problem, Moses. Pharaoh's not gonna let him go. I'm gonna harden his heart. And here's why I'm hardening their, his, heart, their, his heart. I want his heart hardened because not only do I want the Israelites to see how wonderful I am and how magnificent I am and how majestic I am, I want the world, the Egyptians, to see just how majestic I am. And when they come out of Egypt, here's what he says. When they come out of Egypt and you bring them out of there and into that place where I'm taking them, I'm not gonna leave them empty. That empty word means starting over. One of the biggest challenges that we face in life, in the church, is when a person messes up, they have to start all over empty. And God told Moses, coming out of Egypt, I'm not going to have them come out empty. They're going to come out full of opportunity like they never missed a beat. I don't have to go back to day one. No. Do I have to go back to start over? No. Do I have to start the lower end of the totem pole and work my way up? No, that's the world system. You're in the kingdom now. What's that look like? That means the last will be first and the first will be last. What? Yeah, that means the same person that comes in at the end of the day and works will get the same wage as the person that comes in at the beginning of the day and works. But that doesn't sound fair. Hey, the kingdom isn't fair. It's favor. You don't get what you're entitled to, or otherwise you wouldn't get anything. You get what he just graces you with. So he's showing Moses, now, here's what I'm going to do for this people. I'm going to bring them out of this place. They've been, they've been confined They've been restricted. They've been limited in their thinking in their mind. They don't even know what's out there for them. They've learned to live in the governmental system of what's been handed to them. Hand to mouth. You fight, scrape to get what you have. It's paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, we, have, we own a house. We work. We have a job. We have our kids are growing up. They have education. We have, but yet it's still not fulfilling. I don't want them there. But Moses, I want you to tell them, just as a token that when I bring them out, they're not coming out to start all over. 
they're going to accelerate from the moment they release from bondage into a place that affords them all the opportunity with no limitations. Not empty. They're not coming out empty. Moses, don't tell them they're coming out. Don't tell them they have to be empty. Don't tell them they have to be poor, a pauper, and start all over, and you've lost your role in the place you had, and now you gotta just climb up the, no, 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 don't tell them that. That's not the truth. That's what Pharaoh tells them. But we don't tell them that. You tell them that when they get on my highway, there is no speed limit. Bring them out. They're not coming out empty. Now here's what happened. Fast forwarding it to a few chapters. They finally are coming out and, and, and Pharaoh through a bunch of plagues was, was, was you know, troubled by all the things that were happening. God was showing himself mighty. The children of Israel now are coming out of Egypt. They get to a place of the Red Sea. Moses now is brought him to the brink, right to the, 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 the edge. Here's Aaron, his brother, Miriam, his sister, and all these people behind him, and thousands and thousands, if not millions of people coming behind them, elders and leaders right with him. On the backside of them, just a, just a few yards away, Pharaoh changed his mind and said, uh-uh, we gotta go get him, we gotta bring him back. Let's bring him back into slavery. We're not gonna let him go that easy, right? So here they come. Moses is standing here. He takes them to the place that the Lord tells him because Moses remembered that the Lord told him to bring him to the mountain. The only way he was gonna get him to the mountain was through that Red Sea. The Red Sea is there. Moses has a rod in his hand, a staff. He's looking at Aaron. He's looking at Miriam. He's looking at the elders. He's looking at the millions of people that are following him that said, come on, it's time to get out of this mess. And then he hears and feels and sees the enemy coming on the backside. The people start murmuring, going, okay now, Moses, what are you gonna do? It was, it, you, you want us to dry, die here in the river? We could have had, at least we had plots and tombstones and burials and funeral homes over there. You're gonna have us out here die in the, in, in, in the wilderness. What are you thinking? Moses, what are you doing? So Moses, in his leadership, looks at them and says, listen, I'm telling you the Lord is gonna show you his mighty hand. Mighty hand. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, your mighty hand. So then, I'm sure he went to the Lord, but what he finally, finally said to Aaron and Miriam, because everybody's looking at Moses going, what are you gonna do? You brought us this far, Moses says this. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Prophet. Man, that was prophetic. I can just see him now. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And he turns around. And they're all behind him. They're, they're all, well, yeah, all right, let's see it. Moses is not going anywhere. He's looking at the river. Then he looks back at the people. He said, stand still. He looks at the river. Keep standing. Don't get, don't get, grow weary in well-doing. Don't faint. No, keep, keep standing. Look, if you would just quote the scriptures, listen, everybody grab a hand and let's pray together. Come on, we're gonna do this together. We gotta get, there, hang on. There's gotta be sin in the camp. Everybody now, purge yourself. Prune yourself right now. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Who didn't tithe? 
Now you're either with me or against me. Some of you are talking about me. Touch not thy anointed and do the prophets no harm. Dear God. Seven days of prayer. We're having seven straight days of prayer and I need everybody here. Everybody. I need the ushers, the greeters, everybody come prepared. And we're going to fast too. Everybody we're fasting. And they're going, we had onions and garlic in the last place. Now he's got us fasting and praying. This is what, I'm, I'm bringing this real to you today. This is what happens in church, in life. And we're standing in this road like this. And finally Moses, in one verse, says this. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the very next verse says, God says, what are you doing standing there? Go. Verse 1 and verse 2 are completely opposite of one another. One says, stand there and let your still be stolen off your life. Stand there. Stand, just stand right there. It'll all work out. The other one, the Lord says, go. But I can't go anywhere. It's not like the Lord didn't know that. Moses says, God, we've fasted, we've prayed, we've done everything we know to do, we've joined hands, we've, 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 we've done everything. And Lord, nothing is opening up. He said, Moses, why are you standing there telling the people and keeping them idle? When they're idle, they're not moving. When they're idle and not moving, they start looking at the problems instead of looking at where they're going. He said, they've lost hope in their future when you had future and hope when you come out of that place. They've lost hope, why? Because you're standing there telling them, you gotta prepare yourself, prepare yourself, prepare yourself. Listen, you can prepare yourself all you want to, but you have got to prepare in your head and your mind that you're moving and leaning into some place even if there's no place to step your foot and no place to cross over and you have no solution and no answers and nowhere to turn and nowhere to go. Nobody can help you, nobody can do anything. Moses is in front of you. you God's not answering your prayer, it doesn't sound like. It doesn't matter. You cannot settle for a season in your life right now, right now, that once you did when you were in Egypt. Because the same attitude that we take in bondage and we settle for the pace that the enemy sets for us, if we're not careful, when God says go, it's time to move, it's time to accelerate, it's time to grow, it's time to just go to our guys, we'll take the same posture that we had when we were in bondage. Whatever comes, happens. What happens, comes. No. You get up there right next to Moses and say, Moses, if this sea don't part, we're drowning. Who's willing, who's willing to take the step, even if you have to close your eyes and take the step? Even if you don't know where your foot's gonna land, who's willing to step out, to, to, to go forward? Or, or, or have we created a church world, us church people, Christians, that are supposed to change the world, infect the world, influence the world? Are we sitting here getting our, 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 our measurements and indicators from the world that keeps us sitting right here going, what's going on? Have we turned everything into a motivational speech? A locker room talk? Endure? 
You can make it. It works in the off season. But somebody prophetically has to speak to the church today that says, we're on a move, not just our church. It's not about just expressing church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. If you can't see this, I'm telling you to see it. I'm speaking this to your life. If you can't turn on the news or see things that are happening all around you to tell you the church is not supposed to be idle any longer. There was a season that we had to sit and wait and try to figure it out. There was a season when we had to, to fi figure ourselves out and, and get ourselves, not any longer. There is an acceleration. You have already, this country, the body of Christ has already left Egypt. We are not where we're supposed to be or going to be, but we're not where we once were. And the only way to get from where we were to where we all want to be is the place where God will take you up to the brim, to the edge, to the, to the river where you can't go any further and you don't see it clearly and you don't know what it looks like. You don't. And you can calculate it. You can get counsel. All, do all of those things. But at the end of the day, when you come to the edge, the Lord will part the waves. And when he begins to part the waves, you have no choice but to move at the pace that the Lord sets for you. And as you move, he's restoring the salvation and the joy of that salvation that you once had at the first encounter. Because here's what happened to Moses. He did not have to wait till the other side to the mountain to take the people. When they all crossed over the, Jordan, or the, the Red Sea, Moses comes across and he was supposed to take them all up on the mountain to worship. But when they got on the other side, they watched Pharaoh and the army drown. And when Pharaoh and the army was drowning, they watched them literally go underneath. Miriam pulls out a tambourine. The people begin to sing and worship. And now they're not worshiping, trying to get God to heal them. Get God to do something. Get God to pay the bills. Get God to give them food. Get God to change their children. No, he, they were worshiping on this side of the river because they were looking at it saying, we have watched our enemy drown. He cannot haunt us anymore. His memory can get us, but physically he can't bind us any longer. The worship changed. The joy changed. Their posture changed. They once were on the defense. They cross over on the offense. The church, you, in your life, it is not a time to wither up and die. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are in front of you. Listen to me. You're a resurgence of the joy of your salvation is coming back to your life. You think I'm kidding you? I watched a man this week call me on the phone, text me and says, I gotta see you face to face. I said, you can't. I'm in the middle of a bunch of stuff. There's no way I can get to you. So I called him. He said, you're not gonna believe what just happened. He said, I just got a call from the people that wrote me off four months ago. I thought I was dead against the wall. I didn't know where I was gonna turn. And I said, did you call them? No. Did you text them? No. Did you let somebody know to call them to call you? No. Did you work at it anyway? 
No, I had written them off and I had come to the place of the Red Sea where I didn't know how to move forward and I couldn't take another step. So I just stood there and I got ready to lean into this thing and I said, God, it's not an option for me to go back. So you have to take me forward. And when that began to happen, all of a sudden, the Red Sea begins to part. Now he's in the process of walking this out. And I watched him go from depression. I watched him go to, from oppression. I'm going to lose everything I got. I, I'm, I'm feeling guilty and condemned. My God, where did I go wrong? Self-evaluating, 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 peeling off layers of his flesh. My God, I did wrong there. I shouldn't have done that. I wish I hadn't ever done that. I shouldn't have said that. My God, what have I done? All of a sudden, all of those things were wiped away. Why? Because it was no sense in peeling off his flesh anymore. When you're not moving forward, you're investigating your flesh. And flesh is nothing but dirt. And dirt is in the ground. And I promise you, if you dig one foot in the ground, you get dirt. You dig six feet in the ground, you get dirt. When you hit dirt, quit digging. Don't dig. Recognize I got dirt flesh. Oh, Lord, I've peeled it off up. Yes, I'm capable of doing all those things. Yes, yes, I, I know. I'm silly. I make that, but I, I know. And all of a sudden, I watched him going, my God. And all of a sudden, the Lord now wasn't his fixer. He wasn't worshiping God no longer to get him to move. He wasn't trying to pray correctly. He wasn't trying to speak nice to his wife that night so it didn't hinder his prayers. See, all of those things you start going through because you're peeling all this stuff. And yes, we should do right. But the minute your rightness causes him to be greater, then he's a yo-yo on a string. And you're not serving a yo-yo on a string. He's good because he's good and he's faithful because he's faithful. He looks over his word to perform it for his namesake. It's his covenant with him and him. You just believe in it. When Diana was talking about, you know, he get, he's like, give his own son. Give his own son. Yeah, because that son was him. He gave himself as a sacrifice. He's bound to look over his word to perform it. You have a covenant with him. If he didn't part that Red Sea, and the enemy comes and swarms over top of them, then God's a liar. And he's not a liar. He's not a man that he can lie. God's faithful. Your job, my job, is to expect with eyes wide open the greatest days ahead. And when you're sick up against the wall, Contractors knocking on your door. You're trying to get in that building. You're trying to get your business turned around. You're trying to get that wife to change, that husband to change, the kids to come around and serve God because you brought them the right way. When all those things are happening and you start getting weary and you start getting faint and you start questioning everything and you're constantly correcting yourself and change, get your eyes on him so you can take your eyes off of you. And when you take your eyes off of you and put your eyes on him, he will always be into your present and your future. He'll never be just in your past. Stand to your feet, will you? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for me for just a moment? 
this help anybody today? It sure helped me. See, Moses, the people that were following Moses, Moses' people that he was trying to set free started reminding Moses of where they come from. And that's the trick of the enemy is to get you to talk about all your junk. It's a trick. I'm here to tell you, and I'm gonna prophesy to you. Now, people up here that know me and know me well, I, I'm not a person that is, and I'd, I could have, if we had a tent that had air conditioning, I would do the tent with air conditioning. It's not trying to make a building that makes a name for itself, and oh God, it's not that. It's not. I, I don't want a bunch of people in ministry here to usher and greet just so we can get you to church. I don't want to put programs in place just so we can trap you into feeling obligated. Hmm. I want to entertain the presence of the Lord and be a place when we all come together, we felt what we felt this morning and feel what we feel right now. And when we come together, we're not here going through the motions. We're going here because we're truly championing our champion. The one that is and was and is to come. The one that the, is a light that shines on the hill that bright is so bright that we're right underneath it. And, and our lives are speaking for itself. And when we make mistakes and we fall to the ground and we hit ourselves against the head and, and do the things we shouldn't be doing, we don't stay there because we don't come up out of that dungeon empty. We come up not having to start all over. No, we've come out with experience. We come out with knowledge. We come out with relationships. And we accelerate into the things that God has for the church. Man, I look forward for the day to turn on the news. And they say, hey, did you guys know that the communications director for the White House resigned and they brought a new guy in? I can't wait for the day that the world starts looking to us saying, they don't talk the same message that they used to talk. There's something different about them now. They're not reacting to the scenarios and circumstances. They've got a, a focus, a drive. They've got a, a, an attention to detail to the future. They know where we're going. They're speaking with confidence and authority. We better recognize that something's changed because the communications directors of the church isn't on the defense trying to fight just sin. We're on the offense establishing the kingdom that wipes away the sin. And that is shifting in your lifetime and my lifetime. It's been building up for years and we're in it right now. It's a time to accelerate. It's a time to get plugged in. It's a time to get where you know God and dream again, have your vision alive again. And all those things and all the ingredients that it's been put in your life for years is now gonna come to the surface because it's now a time God has saved you, not from hell. He saved you till now. Father, in Jesus' name, I prophesy over our brothers and my sisters and the children in children's ministry and the youth and, and the early childhood and the nurseries, those that are carrying babies, those that will, will be carrying babies. I prophesy, I speak the best days are still yet ahead of us. I speak, God, that there's prosperity, there's life, there's joy, the joy of our salvation, there's strength, 
there's a confidence, there's an offensiveness that we go forward knowing that the world can't stop us, our baggage can't slow us down, and we're going to move where you've called us to move to. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. What is it that you're called to be? Too often we think only people called into ministry are preachers. But did you know that God has called you to influence your world? Whether you're a teacher, a mom, a businessman, a doctor, you're called to bring who God is into your sphere of influence. I want to invite you to visit at Expression Church of Huntington. Our passion is to teach others how to be the expression of Christ in everyday real life. Service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. with Sunday school starting at 9.30 for all ages. We also have our midweek service called The Mid, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our temporary sanctuary is located at 5185 U.S. Route 60 East in Huntington at the East Hills Professional Center off of the 29th Street exit. We will soon be moving to our permanent property at Commerce Park in Huntington. I'm Stephanie Scragg, and I am Expression.